Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the Nope Too Creepy podcast. This episode features two stories of shadows, both literal and figurative. This first story recounts the experiences of a young college student who stumbles across an odd artifact. They quickly realize that this trinket possesses a dark power, but how strong is that power? Let's find out together. Written by Reddit user, I know this is cheesy. Here is, my shadow is slowly disappearing, and I fear so am I. All of us have heard or used the saying, a shadow of their former self, many times, but in my case, it's actually true. Because my shadow has slowly started to fade, like it doesn't want itself to be bound with me anymore. It all began five years ago when I started college. I was excited to move into the new phase of my life. Adulthood, here I come. <laughs> College was going great. I absolutely loved the classes and had made not a ton, but a few really good friends. We were all having the time of our lives when, one night, one dreaded night, things changed. I was out celebrating my friend's birthday. We got wasted and stayed up all night, partying hard, and then sometime in the morning, we passed out in our campus's garden. When we woke up the next morning, a blinding headache was not the only thing accompanying us. There was a small purple crystal. Not a little one, but the kind used for orb gazing. I looked around, confused my head pounding like someone was hammering it continuously, and a taste so bad in my mouth, it was as if some type of wildlife had died there. But none of it shocked me. I have been drunk before after all, but this time, this time I blacked out. I didn't remember anything after. I tried to remember, but I couldn't come up with a specific time. Only the drink number. Drink number five. There were flashes, but only searing pain accompanied me as I tried to remember anything past that fifth drink. Whoa, <laughs> that was wild. My friend, let's call her T, said while rubbing her eyes. Uh, I don't feel so good. Another friend. Let's call them you, said, while getting up and proceeding to throw up in the shrubs nearby. I didn't feel good either, but something inside me was convinced it had nothing to do with the drinks and everything to do with that purple crystal ball. Groaning and grunting, everyone started making their ways to their dorms, but no one touched the orb. Whose is this? I asked. Whose is what? T replied. This purple crystal. I said, gesturing to where the orb was. T 
T looked at me like I was losing my marbles. Uh, are you still drunk? Go sleep it off. I stared at them, perplexed. How can they not see the big purple crystal that was just sitting there in front of them? Eventually, they all started leaving and waved us goodbye. A few minutes later, everyone was gone. Only I remained with the orb. At first, I wanted to leave, but there was something about it. It called to me. So I picked it up and took it with me to my dorm room. I placed the orb on the desk beside my bed and went to sleep. My dreams were filled with flashing lights and laughter when suddenly there was nothing, just darkness. It was as if I was in a dreamless sleep, but I wasn't. Darkness surrounded me, and nothing but utter silence echoed through my dream. Suddenly, a hum began to fill the silence, and a dim purple light shone at the edge of my subconsciousness. It was so enchanting that my feet started moving towards it. The hum grew louder. The light grew brighter. Soon, everything around me filled with blinding purple light, and the hums had grown so loud that I could feel the pulse coming from the light and going into me. The light called me, and I was like a slave to it. I obeyed. Be afraid for your shadow. A distorted, staticky voice filled my mind. I jerked awake, drenched in a cold sweat. It was just a dream, I tried to remind myself. Just a dream. I looked at my wristwatch and saw it was almost two in the afternoon. I turned and my gaze fell to the orb, which was now pitch black. I looked at it confused. It was definitely purple. I distinctly remember it being purple. Maybe it had an LED or something inside of it. I shrugged, then rolled over and went back to sleep. It wasn't until the next day, when I was going to my class, that I started noticing that something was off. My shadow, it looked pixelated. There was no other word for it. It looked pixelated. Not hazy. Not distorted. Not less in intensity. Just pixelated. How odd, I thought. But I shrugged it off because I was running late to class. That pixelated shadow became my new normal. I tried to point it out to my friends, who just looked at me like I had two heads so I dropped the subject. It wasn't until six months later that I noticed that the edges of my pixelated shadow had gone hazy. And then, the real problems started. In the beginning, it was the little things. How often people didn't hear me. But hey, that happens when you talk to people in big groups, right? 
I told myself I was just being paranoid and ignored it. I shouldn't have. A year later, my shadow had gone from pixelated to distorted, and the small things I overlooked started growing. People overlooked me. My friends often forgot about me when making plans. I started growing detached, thinking everyone hated me. Hate. Yes, that was the excuse I chose to give myself to ignore the real problem. It wasn't until my graduation that I finally realized that something big was happening. You see, my college had forgotten that I was a student there. It wasn't until I showed them every bit of proof I had that they gave me my degree. I started looking for some answers right then, but I found zip, zilch, zero. My friends started forgetting about me. They often claimed they didn't hear me, or they never got my calls. Deep down, I knew there was a certain power in play here, but on the other hand, my insecurities convinced me that I was just growing pathetic. My disappointment grew day by day, month by month, until the day my own mother forgot who I was. My world shattered around me. I was visiting my parents, and when I returned from the supermarket, my mother looked at me like she was seeing a stranger and asked, I think you have the wrong house, my dear. I crumbled. Tears started streaming down my face, and it wasn't until the moment my mom touched my shoulder that she remembered. But I knew it was too late. It wasn't just my shadow that was disappearing. It was me, too. Which is why I'm here now, sitting in a cafe, watching my shadow, which looked like nothing more than a stain on the floor. I'm so tired. I don't think I can last much longer. I am in desperate need of a solution, and two years of searching has led me nowhere. I just looked up, and across the street is a shop with weird trinkets on display, and my heart stopped. The same orb, the same purple crystal, sat there in all its glory. I look up and see the name, Voodoo and You. I get up, my heart in my throat, and a sense that I would finally find the solution I seek. This may be my final opportunity at saving my own life. I've brought this up in previous episodes and plenty of YouTube videos, but I'll gladly address it again. Last Friday was April 1st. While a lot of people see the first as a day for jokes and pranks, I see it as a day of celebration. Being a Syrian, the first was our ethnic day of the new year, 6772 to be exact. And in the spirit of the new year, I am excited to present this next story. It doesn't translate well in audio form, but it features an ancient written language known as cuneiform, 
which was developed by ancient Mesopotamians. The story goes deeper into the ancient lore, but I can discuss that after you hear it. Wouldn't want to spoil too much, right? Without any further ado, written by author Riti Duevidi, I proudly present, it all started after I used an Instagram hashtag. It all started with an Instagram post. I have a personal Instagram, which I keep private, but recently made a second Instagram account slash page dedicated to a channel I run on YouTube. I make crime-related videos on the channel, and so I decided to create a public Instagram page for the same. Even though I generally only post content relevant to the channel's topic, I posted a picture of myself on the page around a week ago. I created a hashtag that I thought was unique on the post, which was hashtag KIS, except the S was actually a grapheme. It was supposed to be an acronym for knowledge, investigation, and the SH sound. I know it sounds childish, but it seemed like a creative idea at the time. To be honest, I was trying to be cool and I thought I'd make my own hashtag so that it could be something that my followers would identify me by. A day after I posted the picture, I was suddenly getting tagged in multiple posts and had a ton of DMs as well as DM requests on both of my accounts. At first, I was super excited. Was my hashtag going viral? Did one of my posts or videos gain traction online? The happiness, however, was short-lived. I soon realized that the tags and DMs were weird and kind of creepy. A lot of them were incomprehensible. Others seemed to be in another language. And despite trying to Google the words and messages, I couldn't figure out which language it was. The post I was tagged in showed some short videos or pictures of stones, lions, or random letters. I couldn't understand most of them, but a lot of them had the same word or symbol in the messages as well as the post captions. The characters for whatever language this was used a lot of pointy and jagged marks I couldn't help but notice they looked like little knives, or maybe even really sharp teeth. Some of the messages were in English, but they didn't make too much sense to me. For example, Keep my house safe from evil. Or, Take away Veronica, for she has sinned. I offer to you my sacrifices. One of them even said, now I understand the reason behind the spread of the pandemic. The tags, messages, and comments continue to come every day. There are so many, I can't even go through them all in one day. I did want to create a presence online, but not like this. What's even going on? Three days after I posted the picture, a package arrived at my doorstep. 
The contents of the package were a long robe and a scimitar. Something you should know about me is I have a pretty bad temper and get impatient easily. Lately, I've been more short-tempered than usual, but it's like an anger I've never felt before. My anger comes in short bursts and is intense. This anger is volcanic, and my rage is... is... it's destructive. I broke my friend's television the other day, and even though I did pay for it, I am not getting invited to his house anytime soon, if ever. I was feeling so angry about something my professor said in an online class that I unmuted myself and screamed at him as loudly as I could. Dealing with the repercussions was hard, but the most disturbing part for me is that I know this is not my nature. My anger never gets even close to being this bad. I never act like this. On the date that the robe arrived, I started hearing faint static-like noises from the outside of my house at night. At first, I thought it was an insect of some kind. When the sound didn't stop the next night, I listened to the sound more carefully. It seemed like the neighbors had their television on high volume. That was exactly what the sound was like. Yesterday, the sound was louder. I woke up in the middle of the night to the same buzzing static sound. I opened my window slightly and looked outside. Beyond the fence, I saw tiny lights. It appeared as if someone had small lights in perfect lines. The lights were attractive and glowed soothingly. I adjusted my eyes to the dark outside and realized that the lights were illuminating from candles. Candles that people were holding while staring at me. They were in robes and they stared. My breath quickened and my stomach fell. What the hell was this? I might not be the bravest person in the world, but I have never been more scared in my life. My heart raced and my first instinct was to close my blinds and hide. I tried to breathe and think about what to do next. I picked up the phone and before I could even switch it on, it started to buzz. Someone was calling me. I declined the call and called the police. They arrived shortly after, and even the officers were stunned at the sight of 40-odd people standing outside my house, their eyes still fixated on me as if they were hypnotized. There were men, women, and children in this small crowd. They were all taken away, and as of now, none of them have told the police anything. I handed over the robe and scimitar to the police as well. They said it had blood on it.
The last update I got from the police was scary. They sent me a text message. It had a couple of lines that were completely unintelligible, but ended with the same exact hashtag from Instagram. Thank you for joining me in this episode of the Nope Too Creepy Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about either of the authors, links to connect with them can be found in the show notes. And to address the second story, the author told me that she was inspired to write it after reading about an ancient Assyrian mythological figure. When I asked her why she chose cuneiform, she replied with, and I quote, I wanted to leave clues throughout the story in order to imply that the force responsible for the events was Nurgle, the Mesopotamian god of death, war, and destruction. The cuneiform text for the hashtag, as well as other aspects of the story, were related to the same. So, Riti, thank you for writing an amazing story that shines some light on the history of my people. That is truly awesome. Until next time, this is your host, Dan David, reminding you all to stay safe out there. I'll be seeing you in the next episode. Nope.